Hello everyone out there, Pastor Stephen here. How are you doing today? So glad that you are listening, tuning in from wherever, whenever. We are so excited to let you know about our six year anniversary celebration this weekend, November 15th. We're gonna be celebrating at nine and 11 in South Kingstown. And then we're going to have a live recording at 7 p.m. Groton, Connecticut. You can register at generationworshipri.com. Find out all the information. And we want to encourage you to not only register, but to come with expectation. As we are literally recording nine original songs that will be released from our team, Generation Worship, and a larger worship family in New England. It's going to be a historic night. We cannot wait to release a sound of revival and spiritual awakening. This is what the church in New England and the nation needs. And we get to be a part of it. Hey, we can't wait to see you. Hey, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your faith in believing with us that because of God's faithfulness in each and every generation, the best days are ahead. We love you, church. We'll see you as we celebrate this Sunday, November 15th. The title of the message today is called The Silent Treatment. The Silent Treatment, The Sound of God. The Silent Treatment. Passage scripture is going to be 1 Kings 19. Do whatever you need to do to receive today, to hear. Uh, Let's just give it up. Can we give it up for everybody who's going to, just not only in this room, but watching online or going to be watching online. Can we give it up for them? You guys are here. I don't know about you, but I need a lot more, I need a lot more Bible in my hands. I need a lot more good news of Jesus in my ears. I don't know how you were this week. Anybody? Anybody? Hey, don't hey, don't be condemned, but feel convicted maybe when you look at that, how long you've been on your phone when it pops up, you know, this week. But use it as an opportunity in a fresh way to, to, to say, turn to Jesus. It's amazing that like, you need more Jesus in your homes right now, through your TV right now, through your phone right now. Uh, because after this, I'm going to tell you to turn your phones off. But for right now, we need to hear from God. Well, let's, uh, let's stand at the reading of God's word, stretch it out, do whatever you got to do, uh, do whatever you got to do. 1 Kings um, 19 is uh, what I'm going to look at, verse 1 to 18, 1 to 18. Here we go. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent the message to Elijah, may the gods strike me and even kill me, even if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. So uh, just a brief, brief context, Elijah uh, had at this time um, just won a great battle. He'd won a great battle 
um, up on the mountain against the false prophets of, of Baal. So we see in 1 Corinthians 18, and if you're brand new, it's an amazing story to follow along. And if you've, this is familiar, try to hear this in a fresh way. But there's a powerful story right before this moment that Elijah finds himself in where Elijah uh, was really at his, at his end and thought he was defeated. Uh, Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, um, at this time, um, the political power, she was in political position um, and, and leadership, and she had hired many of the false prophets to really corrupt the people of God. Um, I don't know if this can happen now, but it happened then that people got their kind of uh, allegiance kind of messed up with political forces and power. It was back then. I don't know if that's relevant for right now, but, but it really was happening uh, then. And, and, during, and during that time, um, uh, Elijah was being mocked by these false prophets. And they were basically saying, show us your God. Show us your God. And at the last moment, or really on time, God's timing, God sends down fire and he destroys uh, the false prophets. God, don't mess with God. And uh, so he did that. And, and what we see is, and then God sent rain, which was blessing. And so he had his amazing victory uh, on, on Mark Carmel in, 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 uh, on the mount. And, and he, he was... Um, thought really that he was, that it was done, that the battle was done. But he finds himself realizing that there was some more battles, that he hadn't seen total victory. He'd seen God moved in such power where the false prophets were gone. He'd seen God show up, but here he is, and he gets sent, uh, Je um, Jezebel sends a messenger saying that I'm after you, that the battle actually isn't done, and here's what we read with Elijah, verse 3. Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he would die. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a right reaction. Like, what? So... This is a true story. The Bible is a true living book. And it is so incredibly relevant, not only because it was inspired by the same spirit that created the world, but because we find ourselves in this story and the story of God again and again and again and again and again. He, he sees great victory, great triumph, and now he's in great despair you, verse three is very key because we see Elijah was afraid and he fled. He left. God didn't tell him to flee. But he fleed in fear for his life and he prayed that he would die. I don't know if you've ever prayed that. But this mighty prophet prays it. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Was this written in 2020? I have had enough, Lord. Can you say this out loud? I have had enough, Lord. Say it with me. I have had enough. Say it even louder. I have had enough, Lord. God bless you. Man, you are very special. 
to God. This is a side note, but do you even pray those prayers? Maybe you do, but if you don't know, you can. I've had enough. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. He didn't realize he had some more battles to fight and some more fears to face. Then he lay down and he slept under the broom tree. Read along either on the screen or if you have a Bible in front of you. But he was sleeping. An angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. The first thing the angel says, say it with me, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head were some um, lobster and clams. Hallelujah. Uh, bread, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again, touched him and said, can you say it with me? Get up, say, get up and eat some more for the journey or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. Take care of yourself, Elijah. You gotta take care of yourself. You gotta eat, you gotta get up. You got to get up. That, that could be, I, I got a lot of things that I believe will help you today, but uh, that could just be the number one application for 2020 and for your life. Get up and eat and just take another step. Seriously, right? Yeah. Because things haven't changed no matter who you wanted to win and how circumstances were to go, right? Do we get that? I don't, I hope we do. I really hope we do. Feel the spirit so strongly in that. I just, man. Get up, Elijah. Get up, eat, and be on your way so you have strength for the journey. So he got up and he drank, and the food gave him enough strength for the, to travel for 40 days and for 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. Have you talked to an angel lately? This is an angel exchange. But the people of Israel had broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. Can you see the root of his exhaustion and frustration? See, this might not be relevant to you if you're not in the mission of God, if you're not in the cause to see souls saved, if you're not here to see a generation not just rage on the streets in some false hope and idolatry, but if you're seeking to see a generation, not 99.9% .9 of youth or adults not follow Jesus in South County, Rhode Island, but to see it flipped and to see true revival, right? Because Jesus saved my soul and he rescued me and I want him to rescue the world. And so if you're in that, like, like Elijah was, things impact you. They really impact you on the deepest of levels. He's saying, God, look what they did. The peop they tore down their altars. They killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. That's how he feels. There's a lot of truth in it. And now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. 
the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind, I've never preached on this, by the way, so I'm really, is really excited. Is it all right to be excited for the Bible? Like, I've never preached on this. It's so familiar. Like, I grew up Sunday school. But thank you for the thumbs up. God bless. That's all I need. I just need one. And here's the thing. So it's like, but I'm really excited for this. I literally have met, like, so, so just follow along. He's not in the wind. God Almighty, thank you, Jesus. After the wind, there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. Hmm. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Wow. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. I kind of like the Lord and the wind and the earthquake and the fire. Who wasn't there this time? After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in the cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me. Wow. He says it twice. Then the Lord God told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, announce Hazel to the king of Ram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson, the king of Israel, and anoint Elisha. He goes on to say, there's seven, last verse, verse 18, there's 7,000 others in Israel who have not bowed down to Baal or kissed him, that have not worshiped other gods. You say silence. Say it quietly, silence. He's in the gentle whisper. Holy Spirit, right now, speak. Pray this would be a word that would rise up within people. God, in me, in us, for revival and spiritual awakening. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you may grab a seat. You know, when I, when I think of uh, the silent, when I think of the silent treatment, I got a couple things that come to mind. Have you guys ever experienced the silent treatment? Okay, maybe from a, a parent, uh, maybe a friend. Maybe you're sitting right next to them right now. 
the silent treatment now is really challenging because it's like we could add like the silent phone treatment. You know, when somebody, you're, you're like, wait, why have they not got back to me? <laughs> Anybody? It's like been a week, a couple days. And then maybe some of you like kept on, but it's like, like it's read, like you can see that the person's read it. <laughs> I don't know what it is for you, if you what you've experienced with the, with, the, with the silent treatment. I mean, at the heart of, of, of the, the silent treatment is often that there's, a, there's something that needs to be communicated about, something that needs to be reconciled, right? A hard thing, a soft spot. And to whatever level it's been for you, I mean, I think on a level that's, that's, that's somewhat, it's pretty cute is my daughter, she's super cute, but you know, this moment was she now, this is recent, so I'm just experiencing this. Whenever she wants our attention, she'll do this thing that she'll walk around the inside of the house. And you, you, you just, you gotta really know my, know my daughter, Finley Rose, so cute, precious, but she'll kind of like give me this look, this smile. And she's like into ballet now, so she's just kind of like a gymnast. So she's just kind of like going around the house, and she'll look at me, silent. And I'll say, Finley, what's wrong? Walk around again. Silence. Nothing but a look. Then finally she'll say, Daddy, I just want to be with you. That's how it always is, right? Fathers with older kids. Nothing there. I hope so. But going around and, and, and saying that over and over and over. But, but maybe some of you, like I said, in, in serious relationships, there's been long times of silence. I mean, maybe some of you in your family members, maybe over this past year, this political season, there's been a new wave of the silent treatment. But the heart of the, of, 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 of the silent treatment is that, that there's something that needs to be reconciled. Before we speak, there really needs to be a what? a comprehension, an understanding, an acknowledgement that something is off, that I want something, that I need something, or that you hurt me, or whatever it may be. I want to just share today, and you can let me know later, that I truly believe that God wants us to do and put on the silent treatment to the world and to the noise in the world. That God wants us to seek him and find him in the silence. Because as a dear prophetic friend said, all the other noise doesn't matter but Jesus. You know, do you, do you see this in the story of Elijah? You know, because my, my, my heart is, and I believe it's God's heart, is that we would hear God for this moment. That we would, in hearing him, remember his miracles that he's done in the past. That we would finish our race on purpose. That we would not lose our souls in the process. And that we would ultimately live in the victory of Jesus forever. Elijah had seen such victories. He's seen such battles. I love what one, one commentator says about this story of Elijah. Is that Elijah had forgotten. 
He had, he, had, he had forgotten the miracles that God had done. He'd forgotten the miraculous provision. He'd forgotten that Elijah saw someone, a child, be raised from the dead. He saw miracles. He saw God's mighty acts on the mountaintops. Yet in this moment, he mentions none of the miracles. He doesn't mention the power of the victory. He mentions what? He shares how the people of God had abandoned God and chased after other things. He was distraught. He was, he was exhausted. Look, 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 what, look, what, look what Elijah does and, and, and see where you might be on this spectrum in your journey and where perhaps the church is, this moment is. Because we all have different gifts and different personalities, but my heart, absolutely, I've been spending a lot of time at this spot, and there's a lot of college kids that come out there, and, there's, there, and, and they see me out with my Bible, and I'm just, just journaling, just hanging. I'm just like, who, I'm a, who's, who's running to, to some times of silence? Anybody? Anybody like seeking that more than ever, hopefully? And I'm looking at them, and again and again, God keeps, keeps telling me, tell the world, the, 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 especially the youth of this nation, about the hope of Jesus. Repent for any other allegiances that are above Jesus and tell them about Jesus. I feel that. My desire is for all of us to do that. All of you are gifted. We're different. We're different, but we're together part of Team Jesus. Amen? You might not look at somebody and say, oh, that's a nice sign, but you know, don't trust in a political party. Hope in Jesus. But what you could do is you could serve in such a way weekend after weekend. Oh, wait, the election happened that way? Oh, I'm going to serve the house of God, and I'm going to see generations come and rejoice and find their strength in the Lord. I'm going to show up because my presence matters in community week after week after week, and I'm going to let you know that you are not alone. I'm with you. We are on Team Jesus. Amen? We are going to lift up a shout from Connecticut to Rhode Island to Mass and to New England, and it's the greatest campaign. As politicians come and go, we lift up the name that was here 2,000 years ago and actually was here before the foundations of the world, so we gather together. We're a part of Team Jesus, amen? That's what Elijah is a part of. So however you see yourself or see the church in this moment, first thing we see is that after victory, Elijah fled. Do you see it? Verse three. I hope you take notes. I hope you lean in. Elijah was afraid and he fled. Why? He didn't listen to the voice of God. He listened to the voice of darkness. He listened to opposition. So you see that in verse two. Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. May the gods strike me, even kill me, if by this time tomorrow... He thought that the battle was done because God had destroyed the false prophets, but the queen, the political, uh, in this moment, kingdom, not of God, was coming after Elijah. And he did not face his fears. Actually, what he does, commentators say, it, through this whole journey, he went by foot the farthest possible place that he could go to get away from the, from the reign and the kingdom of the queen, Jezebel. You hear about the spirit of Jezebel? Well, whenever you are facing a high level of fear, suspicion, overwhelming, like terror and confusion, yeah, that's the heart of what we see about right here with Jezebel. And so 
he flees after seeing great victory. It goes on, and we realize that, and, and, and I've done this, I'm sure you've done this, God never told him to flee. God told him, I showed you great victory for my people, but who here knows that the greatest victory to see one is in your own life? That's why people are like, oh, another pastor fell or another this happened, another that. They're human beings. No, 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 but, but, but no, but caution. I feel like God said, I've been texting some pastor friends and I'm like, caution. Do we have caution? Caution, 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 caution. Because the greatest challenge is yourself. The greatest battles and turmoil and fears are what is in your mind, is in your life. You know that for a long time you can see great success and you can get some things done and you can think, wow, I prayed for this and God's opening up doors and I'm seeing victory, but all along you didn't deal with your soul. You didn't deal with your soul. And then we hear something, oh, that, 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 look what happened to that person or that thing or that thing. And God's like, you. The timing today is just, thank you, God. How about you? And (laughs) And some people just don't get it. I sometimes just don't get it. We just sometimes don't get it. But God is so good that even when Elijah was not seeking God, God was seeking Elijah. Do you see that? See, we over-spiritualize everything. This great man like Elijah, like so on. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Look. He was exhausted. He was done. We love you, kids. You guys don't have to leave. We love you. If you come back. Let's have a couple ushers go out there and talk to them. We love them. Nothing happened. It was all good. Just want to. I love the kids. Can we say we love the kids? We give it up for the kids who are here. Come on now. Come on. Come on. A little, hot, little louder for that. Come on. So Elijah is, is here, and he prayed that, that what? He would see another victory? He prayed that he would die. That, he, that he's done. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And then he was lying down underneath the tree and the angel grabs him, touches him, speaks to Elijah. This whole process with, with Elijah and, and, and with God, what we see about is again and again and again how God cares so much not simply for what we can do for him but what God wants to do through us what God wants to do not just for a nation or for a people but for us because we are the people we are the nation we are the family we are the community we are the human being and 
And, and I, I, just, I, just, I just see this, and I go, wow, look, look what the angel does. He cares. We talk about mental health and taking care of yourself. Get up and eat. You need some strength. You need to get up. We see in two different um, situations here, and it's often the ways that I would, I don't know how you're wired, but I would not see God. I love the loud earthquake, and I'm like, oh, God's in the earthquake. Give me the wind. Give me the fire. Give me the angel speaking like my destiny for the next years. But in these two ways, both in the whisper, which literally in Hebrew is the sound of silence, the gentle whisper, and right here with the angel, we see the most spiritual thing possible is to take care of yourself. What would you expect an angel to say to you? I mean, you, should, you could put that on uh, social media. God Almighty just spoke to me to finish 2020. I'm going to get up and I'm going to eat and take care of myself. Not too much. You let God decide what that is for you. Get up and eat. Take care of yourself, right? You guys realize the whole idea of mental health, like that's God's idea? Like God's idea? God cares for human beings. God cares for us. So he's speaking to Elijah who's at his absolute end. But he goes even deeper because twice, as if God didn't hear it the first time, Elijah says the same thing. I have zealously served you, Lord, but the people have broken their covenant. You see that in verse 10? They've broken their covenant. He says it here in verse 14. And it's powerful because it says it, um, and I'll look at verse 14, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. So here's what we see again and again. God chooses people, he loves them, he cares for them. He says, I will never break my promise to be with you, to be for you, to lead you, to give you victory. But people have the choice to not live in that promise, to live in that covenant. It's both and. You're loved, you're accepted, but you can choose. Because God doesn't see you the way that in the systems of the world we see ourselves. Either I'm at a stage of having kids or I'm at the stage of being uh, married or I'm at the stage of being a student. I'm at the stage of being retired. No, no, no. You're at the stage of a human being who is going to be able to decide, are you going to seek God? That's, that's it. I look back at my whole life and it's like, did I seek God or not? The great grace and great mercy is when I don't seek, God keeps seeking me. But God really wants us to seek him. He wants a sound to come from us. He wants his heart. He wants revival. He wants his promises to come through us for every generation. He wants me to see that literally my time with family after this has the potential to sustain and to continue revival and spiritual awakening just by sitting around a fire and eating with them. That I am tapped in and renewed in this moment that there is a God that was before America and will go on after America. You can chill out, just sit around the fire and eat. But don't forget that we're part of a greater mission. Don't forget. And I'm talking to the real you, not the post that you give, not the presentation that you give. The real 
consistent you in the private. God's trying to speak. He's really trying to speak to the people who have a fire after God, who believe in God, who've seen God do great things. I mean, look, he, he's broken, understandably. He's exhausted. He's done. Anybody relate to Elijah? I'm just done. I just love, I love some passing people. They'll text me up. They say, hey, I got to go take a retreat. I feel like I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm seeing you do amazing things for God. No, no, I got to just pause. I love that. I love that. My mom's always great. Shout out to my mom. She was always great at this. She's like, hey, uh, Stephen, I need to shut things down and for my mental health, go for a walk. Amen? I can't be everybody that for everybody. I got to be me, healthy, before you, God. Get the word in you. Get the spirit in you. I hope you, this is why you show up. I hope you came today. If there was ever a moment, you got to, if I wasn't preaching today, I would be going to so many different local churches and I would be just hungry at the altar. Like seeking God, give me a word. Give me a word. I don't need a post. I don't need likes. I don't need to check on what's going on in the street. I need a word. I need the fire of God. And Elijah, wanting that too, was frustrated. That, look what it says. They tore down the altars, the people of God, rather than turning altars, and in present case, our spaces, wherever we are, into places of worship, we turned it into idol worship. We've turned it into seeking other things. He's seeing people go away. Again, I've been saying that to people that I've been seeing posting, whether they're in despair or victory right now. I hope you're passionate for Jesus, not judging, but I just want to encourage you. He's distraught. He's exhausted. He's frustrated. And yet in all of that fire and that passion and all the ways that he's seen God work and move before, God speaks through a gentle Whisper, silence. This is why I want to look at a few things that we can learn and then some practical steps for you and I to seek silence. Some things we we can learn from this story of Elijah, and I believe for this moment in 2020, is first that we need to seek God with no pretense. You can take a picture of this, you can write it down, whatever you need to do. Seek God with no pretense, right? Elijah models for us that there is absolutely no prayer that we cannot pray. There is nothing that we can't say that God does not allow us to pray. He said, I want to take my life. And see, this is why I'm trying to speak through the Holy Spirit to the private you when you are alone or feel alone. And if Elijah had seen such victory and the promises and the miracles of God and he feels this way, I haven't felt like taking my life. Oh, but I felt exhausted. 
My heart, being a pastor's kid, it burns for pastors and leaders and now moms and dads and people. You know, because a lot of times I spend time with people who before 2020, like, had a lot of, like, suffering isn't new. You know why um, people who maybe you're new to, like, actually being a part of a local church, you do know why you show up, right? It's not about you. It's so that you can hear the stories of other people. That's why we're in community, right? And then to bring people in and include people. But right now, he's feeling utterly alone. So some things that we need to learn, though, is that we need to seek God with no pretense, though. We need to just come to him as we are. Number two, we need to listen to the voice. We need to not listen, <laughs> not listen to the voice of defeat. You see that he, that verse two, he did that. Some things that we can learn when it comes to, to seeking God is that we seek him with no pretense because this is all about hearing God, amen? Anybody wanna hear God? This is about hearing God. Seek him with no pretense. Don't listen to the voice of defeat. Face your fears. Don't run away, number three. Face your fears, don't run away. Don't quit. Again, right now, right now, there's a, there, 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 for all of us, there, there's a shadow us and a real us, a fake us and a real us, right? And with a thousand and one distractions, I sense right now the Holy Spirit is seeking to pierce through more of him, less of me, to get into that space of your mind and your heart right now that you will be so locked in and focused so that you can hear God saying, this is how I want you to seek me. Come as you are. Don't listen to the voice of defeat. Thank you, Jesus. Face your fears. Don't run away. Even though we know that there's no place we can go and hide, Elijah, giving his whole life to preaching this, literally went as far as he possibly could go. But face them. Face your fears and do not run away. The greatest victories that God wants to do around you starts in you. Again and again and again and again. And we see it. Pressure either makes diamonds or it makes you quit. You either tap out or you're refined. And I just want you to know, if you've seen me preach and not let anything back, I have just started a new inauguration. There's an inauguration, and it's called, I'm preaching the kingdom of God like never before. Like, I, I thought I would, like, like no, I'm like never before. There's a new wave of, like, leaders and Christians to say, we have no time for pretense. We just call it what it is. Pressure will either make diamonds or it will make you tap out. And as we've seen, when you tap out, it has consequences for a lot of people. So, number four, we've been saying this, but just press it in. God reveals himself in silence. I believe, that's why I'm, I'm preaching this message right now, I believe. So here's a translation. You as a follower of Jesus or you're open to God. We're gonna get to that in a moment. Start thinking about right now, where are those places that you love to be alone with God? Get the word in you. Get the word in you. But it's our quiet time isn't just about little time with the Lord. It's about a lifestyle of seeking God. How has he made you? How has he wired you? 
I asked on, uh, on, online, what are some of the things that you do to seek silence? A lot of people said delete Facebook or Instagram. Good idea. Other people said go for a hike, ride a bike, rake leaves. All these things. They were sharing. I got so many comments. People were saying, and, and, and I sense a lot of people, they're seeing the need to kind of silence the noise of the world and to seek silence more. And I love in this passage, that's not just like a nice silent retreat. Like, that's really cool. You know, these things, these waves come. It's like, I want to live like this minimalist life, man, and just seek silence. That's not you. This is a wartime call. Like, I need you, God, and I need to hear from you if I'm going to keep going on. I'm going to continue. God reveals himself in silence. Number five, remember you're not alone, amen? Do you see where Elijah went to immediately? He says it. I am the only one left, verse 10. This is where, could you put that, put that up again, that verse? I am the only one left, in verse 10. Everyone, and, and now they're trying to kill me. This is why I love the word of God. I am the only one left. Whenever I see that in the word of God, I underline it, put it out, and I go, oh, wow. That's what he was thinking right now. Have I ever, have you ever felt that way? But remember, you're not alone. What does God say? There are 700, verse 18, others in Israel that have never bowed down and worshiped. There's a lot of people that have gone a different way and that have worshiped another God. This is all political, by the way, the political powers. There is a lot and there is many, but yet there are people. Here's why we need to remember that you're not alone. Because I love it when somebody said, there's like peacock pride and there's turtle pride. Peacock pride says, look at me. We did through their actions, through their life. You know, it just comes out. There's a, there's a sense of pride. Turtle pride is you still have that, that, that me-centeredness, but it just pops out once in a while. A lot of turtle pride in the private. That's why the devil doesn't want you to pray in the private. That's a word, alone. Turtle pride, you want to you you take that down? God, there are people right now that are gathering God, I do wish the peop- more people, God, would, would um, Father, would, 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 would not be living in fear. They'd be wise. They would seek good, healthy boundaries, but they would not live in fear. They would not live in, they would not live in fear. God, come on, why isn't there more? And then what do you do in the private? God starts reminding you, guess what? There's people all over the world. Some places, they're not even able, they weren't able to meet before 2020 in other parts of the world, and yet they're meeting and they're seeking and they're, they're crying out. And actually, there is, there is a chorus of praise and of worship that is rising up all over the place. I am not alone in this fight. You want to know the fight that I'm a part of? It's living out God's love mission to see souls saved and to see families and generations changed. That is the fight. That's the only reason I'm here and I exist. That's it. But turtle pride, any type of pride gets killed. When we're with the Lord, we remember we're not alone and that there's others seeking God. Amen? Six, total victory belongs to the Lord. That's what we learn. Total victory belongs to the Lord. And you know it's total when you see victory, not just around you, but in you. All right, practical action steps of silence. As we go to practice this, 
today and this week. Turn off your phone, number one, from time to time. Turn off the phone. Turn off the phone. Turn off the phone. What a wild world, right? Someone's like, yeah, I know, turn off the phone, but after this, I want to, like, look, you know, my notes. And, oh, well, then somebody, uh, turn off the phone. Number two, return to your silent sweet spot. Where is that spot that you like to go to? Biking? Walking the trails? Walking the beach? Where is it? Where's that spot? Something I've learned in this journey is just because I went a lot yesterday or the day before, there's certain times and moments I need to go back to that silent sweet spot. Amen? You or I, students, find your sweet spot. No excuses. Find a spot where no one else is with you and you're with God. Find it. You live in the most beautiful place here in South County. Find it. No, no, seriously, find it. Find it and go again. Don't be a statistic in your generation. Find it. Moms, dads, find it. Take a verse or two from this and go. Go walk. Go rake leaves. Go do whatever you got to do. Turn off the phone, but do it. Do it in such a way that you are expecting to hear from God. Do it in such a way. Go to that sweet spot. I love verse uh, number three. Don't dictate the conversation with God when you're in that silent sweet spot. Don't dictate. Four, listen to God's questions. Do you hear God? I hear God saying this. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Whatever your name is. Your name, your name, your name. What, what are you doing here? Listen to God's questions. Oh, I feel the Spirit of God wanting you to go and me to go in the silence. To go in the silent places and the quiet places. And I do hear God asking this question. What are you doing here? But it's not a condemning voice. What are you doing here? It's a, a good, loving, faithful, fatherly, motherly voice of God saying, what are you doing here, son? Because you know, Elijah, before he was a prophet and a mighty man of God, he was a son and a child. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Listen to God's questions. Expect the unexpected in the quiet. Expect to hear God as you're eating a meal. Jesus, the first thing he does after he defeats the grave and lives an obedient life and he pays the penalty for our sin and the reason why we don't have Jesus on our cross anymore is because he's not on the cross. He paid the penalty of the sins, forgave, buried on Saturday, rose on Sunday. We celebrate Jesus now like never before. We celebrate in the new heavens and new earth. I've seen a lot of people pop bottles. Well, in the new heaven and new earth, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm telling you right now, I'm doing a little bit of now what I'm going to do them. Okay? Non-alcoholic. Amen. But we celebrate in the name of Jesus. 
we celebrate we celebrate he defeated the grave he's not on the cross he defeated the grave and Jesus the first thing he does when he defeats the grave he has a fish fry with the disciples that's why the biggest thing God's saying to the church in America and he was saying it before but you didn't listen but he's saying it again stop freaking out he had a fish fry by the fire right after his resurrection as he was about to give them the Holy Spirit expect God in the unexpected God had spoken in Elijah in so many ways and Elijah was expecting the earthquake the fire the wind but it was in the whisper are you and I quiet long enough in silence so that we can hear God's whisper because with his whisper is his presence and with his presence and with his voice you realize that he is enough Elijah says earlier in this story he says Lord I've had enough and he ends with you are enough you don't know if the Lord is enough until you've really gone through some fire some suffering and trials and you've really been a part of something so much bigger than yourself that's what the kingdom of Jesus is So a practical action step, not only turn off your phone, return to your silent spot so you can hear God. Don't dictate the conversation. Listen to God's question, his questions. Expect the unexpected and enjoy God's presence and live out God's victorious purpose. Enjoy his presence. What does Elijah do? He gets up. And he goes and he anoints the next prophet. We see this. It's multiplied. We see that now Elijah, who's feeling this utter defeat, is about to anoint the person who's going to lead the people of God into even more of God's total victory. Amen? Enjoy God's presence and live out God's victorious purposes. Why seek silence, church? comes up so you can hear God for the moment you can remember his miracles in the past you can finish your race on purpose you cannot lose your soul in the process and ultimately live in the victory of Jesus forever why seek silence so that you can find, I don't know if we have that, put that up if we do, find God in the sound of silence. Why seek silence? So we can find and hear the sound of silence. We can hear God in the sound of it. His gentle whisper is the noise and voice that we need. Amen? say that one more time maybe the vibes got you or something I don't know but it's purposeful we're on the brink 
of recording a sound that will be recorded forever. We're about to record songs that I'm going to sing in heaven. That generations are going to sing. Like this isn't, this is a battle cry. And I believe God is speaking to us. I know he's speaking to me. I pray that he's speaking to you because I believe it. To see God in the silence. Because we find God, we find the spirit of Jesus there. We find his gentle whisper. His gentle whisper is all the noise and the only voice that we need. that true for your life? Is the loving voice of God the only voice that you need? And with just eyes closed, if that's true, you can just raise your hand. Is that the only voice? His voice. It's the only voice that you need. Perhaps some of you in this room, there's been new voices. There's old voices that have been enthroned on your heart and your mind. I don't know what it is, but maybe there's a new person that's come into your life. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a family member, whatever it may be, but I'm here to just say today that the only voice that you need, the only noise that you and I need is the one of Jesus. God, I pray for people in this room, people watching and listening. God, I pray they won't be intimidated. <laughs> because you are the God of consuming fire. We see the wind and the earthquakes, but you are also the God of great gentleness. God, I believe that this whole moment, this whole year of 2020 is that you have been seeking to have the church seek you and hear from you in the silence. So God, thank you for your voice. Thank you that you're still speaking. Thank you that you're still working. Thank you that the mission of God continues. Thank you that the cause of Christ continues. Thank you for what you are going to do, Lord God, in the days ahead. Thank you for the sound that is coming from New England, the sound that is coming out of South County, the sound, God, and thank you, Lord, that you are so merciful that even when we've not sought you, you seek us. I pray that in this room, Lord God, people today will make a decision to say it is your voice and it is the noise of heaven it's the only noise, it's the only voice that I want to hear. Holy Spirit, I pray we would look and we would plan practically this week to seek you in the silence. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for how faithful you have been. Thank you as we celebrate you for six years as a church, we're, we're really celebrating generations of the movement of Jesus. Generations of the sound of total and ultimate victory. Yours is the name. Yours is the power. 
Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen, church. Let's seek him in the silence as a sound of revival and spiritual awakening continues to come.